0: Hello and welcome. This is Allison Hassler and Russell Williams. We are here with Small Town Big Business, our podcast, to talk to you about the why and the how great businesses thrive in towns of 50,000 population or less. And we are here in Marion, Illinois.
1: We're coming to you from the Citadel Building right here on Tower Square Plaza. And it's the home of Ethos Marion. We're an emerging small business incubator co-sharing working spaces. Allison and I are interviewing successful business people, particularly in Marion, Illinois, but also the surrounding Midwest community. If you want to connect with us, you can connect through Russell at watermarkethos.org. Thank you so much for joining us and hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and join us for another upcoming episode of Small Town and Big Business
0: Hello, and welcome to Small Town Big Business, the why and how businesses thrive in small towns in middle America. I'm your host, Allison Hassler.
1: And I am Russell Williams. And Allison and I are interviewing successful business people, particularly in Marion, Illinois, but also the surrounding Midwest community. And we're thrilled to have two owners of Crown Brew Coffee, uh, Josh Benetton and Jared Gravatt. Welcome.
0: Welcome, guys.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we'd love to hear more about your story and especially the background of how Crown Brew came about and the connection to Marion, Illinois. So Allison, you want to start us?
0: Yeah, so tell us about your origin story. Where did you come up with the idea of creating this gorgeous and wonderful high quality coffee shop and lead us into those beginning stages of what that looked like?
3: So it's uh, kind of funny to be sitting in here when we talk about like our origin story, because literally where our company started... Was right outside this window here in the Marion Civic Center. That's when Jared and I met for the first time. And what was happening is, uh, before that, I was um, I had a missions organization that I was running and traveling a ton. I fell in love with coffee in the mission field. I wasn't even a coffee drinker until I went to Guatemala. I had this amazing experience with this uh, coffee um, plantation owner. She like hand roasted her coffee in a wooden bowl over an open fire, like one to two pounds at a time. I just had a sip of it and I was. Like to be polite, like you just you eat and drink weird things uh, when you're in other countries sometimes, and I was like, oh my gosh, my mind was blown. So I did what any like fledgling like entrepreneur mentally would do. I bought everything that she had, a uh, hundred pounds. Flew back to America, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm gonna like sell this at events and stuff that we're doing." And so we were doing a ton of events um, where we were like sharing about these different countries that we were working in and whatnot, and we we're bringing different products back. Coffee was one of those. So now to Krabber's origin story. So I'm at the Marion Civic Center. I sell a cup of or a bag of coffee. To this random guy um jared as it turns out and we began connecting in the lobby for like an hour i think and he began to share um like his vision of like what a coffee company could look like and i'll let him share that part but yeah. anyway like we had met and connected over that uh, a month later we uh, had Thai food, and i said hey you know that really great vision you shared with me i said what are you doing to actually make that happen he said well nothing right now I said cool do you want to start a business mm. uh, <laughs> and so that kind of led into like our origin story yeah. of stumbling through two guys with zero business experience zero business education zero business background with a whole lot of passion a united vision we just began like stumbling through it uh learning the hard way um with the help of our community we were going to talk to through uh all you know through the podcast here but yeah, yeah that's kind of how we started that's so cool, and Jared. Uh, just just kind of share his view that's kind of interesting
0: yeah jared now we want to see this from your lens as well how did this really go down
3: (laughs) yeah
2: so i had just moved back to the area from kansas city so i grew up in marion but i had just moved back so kansas city is super saturated in craft coffee i love that part about the city so moving back to the area i was a little frustrated because there just wasn't a lot of like really cool craft coffee shops and yeah. Marion specifically, which is where I live. <clears throat> and so when I bought the beans from Josh, I could just tell like he had that like entrepreneurial spirit. And I just opened up about, you know, my heart to see a really amazing craft coffee company in this region that, you know, generates community that celebrates diversity and all of those kinds of things. And so we just really kind of connected about what could that look like to have like a business that is known for just like creativity and excellence and all those kinds of things and so then um he's like yeah let's get typhoon and connect i was thinking it was you know just a new friend in the area where you're just gonna connect and you know dream and scheme type of thing and so you know when he asked me of like you know what are you doing about all this vision i was like it hit me i was like nothing right now and i just saw it as like an opportunity i was young and in my 20s and dumb and crazy enough to believe that maybe this could work. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, what have we got to lose really? Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of how it all started. But honestly, with the business, I bought a dog, believe this not, I bought a dog collar from this company and the packaging was so insane. It was so over the top. And, and so I thought, I want our business because we started shipping our coffee. We started mm-hmm. off Um, online e-commerce. I was like, I want to create this like unboxing, like experience for our customers. And so that's kind of how we got started was just like shipping boxes of beans. And I'd write like handwritten notes to the customers and stuff like that. But yeah, we really did not know what we were doing at first, but we were just two young guys with ambition and a vision and trying to figure out how to make it a reality
3: yeah
1: what year was that the meeting of the minds here
3: uh it was 2016 okay so we had met um i think literally in march 2016 we officially got all of our paperwork filed and in uh for easy dates november 1st 2016 wow barely rolled out our website at my family thanksgiving for black friday <laughs> okay. like that's yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then how long did it take for the first
1: product to come out?
3: Man, I, we even, um, we were immediately like selling like those exact same bags of coffee from Guatemala. Okay. There's a whole sketchy story for another podcast. I wish I had a picture. <laughs> but basically the early days, like I had mission teams from Guatemala still bringing Uh-oh. us, um, Product. What's hilarious is the missionary that I was like kind of buddies with. He knew what he was doing. I know he did. I had to drive to Tennessee to go pick up this product. Okay, it's all in unmarked golden bags in a oh pallet, my. plastic wrapped. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, and I'm like picking this up, driving in like a little hatchback car because mine was in the shop. Everyone can see this pallet of unwrapped, like just golden foil like bags that literally say from <laughs> Columbia, which because it's Columbia, yeah. Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so Jared and I were like rebagging that Jared was literally got pulled over one night when we were up late like boxing coffee it's like and, at 1am uh-huh. at 1am yeah for just being out at 1am yeah and the guy's like hey
2: you're the coffee like, guy yeah mm-hmm. he's like wait wait a second you're the coffee guy he's like do you have any coffee on you right now can I buy some and I was like <laughs> "It's a- yeah sure yeah
3: <laughs>
0: Like yeah. So it. Yeah. Still, yeah. still in
3: the gold wrapper, not the experiential well, wrapper yet. So, so we're in these early days, and we're really slinging beans out of our trunk. We get our website up, November 2016, just begin selling things, and we end up with a cafe, kind of out of nowhere, yeah. in May 2017. Yeah,
1: wow, wow, that is another podcast, sketchy it's business, podcast. sketchy business in small town <laughs> right? Urgent. Yeah, we'll work, we'll work on that yeah. one next, Because so, <laughs> right. we want to hear more. So, as I understand, your business is more than coffee it it is it is much more than just having a shop in a small town where you're providing a drink. Talk more about that and how that developed. Yeah. From the beginning.
3: Yeah, want well, to share the
2: yeah. big part of your vision. You that. know, We sell coffee, but I would consider us like a hospitality company. We are in the hospitality industry. And so everything that we do, we try to create an experience for our customers. And we just want them to have that unique experience. And so for me, like I love... We love music and we would have live music in the shop and I would love, you know, catering to all different types of people in the community. I just wanted a safe space for them to come, whether that's to work, to have a really intentional conversation with a friend or a peer. And or even just with us as a staff, we wanted to create that environment where we could get to know the community and serve the community in a way that it really deserved. We believed, and so for me, it's it was super important to create a space that was aesthetically pleasing and unique to really kind of inspire people to one just be creative themselves. Um, but for us, you know, we really consider our business. It's not you know, it's, it's a hospitality company. We, we love to create that experience. We just so happen to sell coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um,
3: uh, I tell people a lot when we talk about business and teach business, the way we run our staff, the way that we like deal with customers is super unique. Um, and it starts with kind of these two things. I always remind everyone we're human beings, working with human beings, serving human beings. And that's like a huge key because there's something in business minds sometimes or like in, um, whatever, like the professional industry where we start treating people by their job titles and not by like who they are. Mm -hmm. And I said to take it a step further, the goal that like the one thing that I believe all people want and the one thing that we have the freedom Mm -hmm. to do in any business we do is people want to feel, they want to be seen, they want to feel heard and they want to feel loved. And we choose to do that through coffee. Mm -hmm. It's why our product is so amazing. It's why we're so diligent with our processes is if I want you to feel seen, heard, and loved, like I always relate it to this, when you're having guests into your house versus when you're having family over, the (laughs) difference in like the panic that comes to preparing your (laughs) home, right? And so like when you're having like guests over, you're like, you want them to feel that like, everyone knows you cleaned all day, Allison, right? (laughs) Right. they, They know, but like you want that feeling right yeah. that like yeah I like labored for you I prepared a meal for you I took your dietary restrictions like I even made my kids take a shower before you came over yeah. like it's, it's <laughs> like I see you I love you I value bringing you into my home and yeah. you leave that experience feeling seen loved and heard yeah. and so I look at that and Jared had this phrase I quote it it's hilarious we were sitting at Panera at one of our like early like before we were business things he goes and he got a soapbox okay it was the first time I've seen him get on a soapbox <laughs> and he goes I I don't care what we sell we can sell freaking toothpaste as long as it's the best toothpaste we're proud to sell and it looks amazing it will impact people's lives and i love that because like it. it's, it's not just like people are like it's Absolutely. so easy you sell coffee like of course yeah. people feel loved no there's ways to do it that make people feel loved there's yeah. ways to treat yeah. our staff there's ways to like treat our customers to create that experience yeah. and that's the ethos of like who we are i think yeah that's awesome wow.
0: Yeah, so I want to I want to fast forward because you're actually in your second location storefront location and you had moved from another a neighboring town over to Marion and we absolutely love you here but the timing was probably not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you renovated a very old historic building yeah. in downtown Marion during that process is when COVID hit, right? Yeah. So, can you walk us through that story and what what happened there?
3: Yeah, um, twenty nineteen through <laughs> twenty twenty was a blur for us in a way, maybe different than a lot of people. Um, we were three years into running our company. We had just figured out, like what it looked like. Cause if you like study business, you're like, if you can survive two years, you're really up to something like good. Mm-hmm. So we finally got to that point where like, I think we know what we look like. We have full time staff, we have processes going on. Um, there was this whole thing where we always like wanted to start a cafe in Marion. Uh, we, we had caught like what was happening there. We had caught the energy. And so like we were watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, But we were in kind of a unique situation where Jared and I had some other businesses that we had like started at the time. Everything was growing and going. It was feeling good. But on the inside, there was something kind of weird going on um, with our old location and with the city that we were in. Uh, And so the long story short, we basically ended up not being able to stay where our cafe was. And that whole six months leading up, we were just like exhausting everything. We're running a couple businesses at this time. We're going all over all of Southern Illinois looking at every building possible to rent, to buy, trying to find something because we have this ticking date where if we don't be moved and have a new cafe by then, we're just not gonna have a business anymore. And, and all the while there's like so much noise going on. You could do this, you could do that. Uh, different mayors from different cities have their opinions and we're trying to connect with anyone and everyone knowing like where we wanted to be was Marion, but some pieces just hadn't fallen into place yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we get up to September 28th, our drop dead date for if we don't have another cafe, we have nothing. And we didn't have another cafe. We literally took three years worth of work in one single day packed up our entire cafe and our entire business into a trailer and into a storage locker while simultaneously losing our biggest contract for our marketing company on the exact same day oh. mm. and jared and i sat there um, we sat at quattro's at 10 30 that night september 28th with our team
0: pizza restaurant
3: pizza restaurant okay. <laughs> yeah Awesome pizza. Yes. <laughs> we're sitting there with our team having packed up both of our businesses in one day, put everything in a storage locker with no building and nowhere to go, basically firing our entire team at that meeting. Wow. And they know it. And we're just sitting there celebrating together because they're saying, you guys got this. Like, we believe in you. We're so sad that we're taking a break, um, but like, we're so excited to come back. And it was so emotional. We woke up the next morning, we'd lost all of our income, all of our salaries from both of our jobs, and we had absolutely nothing. And so that was, that was literally October 1st, 2019. Um, when we, we had some things were kicking around, but we just weren't there yet. Um, we, we had this building that we were looking at in downtown. And we had met with Mayor Absher and we were like all on board with what was happening in the city. But it just felt like nothing was lining up yet. Uh, Every building on the square we'd been in and out of. And finally, we just got the right partnership to make this building work that we're in. Um, So then Jared and I, uh, being young, being stupid, being broke, broke at the time, (laughs) think uh, we're going to do what any rational business owner is going to do. We're gonna design, renovate, gut, and do this entire building on our own. Yeah. So anyway, we start that. Things are going great. We finally get rolling, like we're, we're moving. Everything is looking good. Uh, then March comes, and we're like halfway through with our building, thinking, hey, as soon as like the warm season comes, we can at least get out and start like serving and selling things to people, getting out and doing events, right? Because we yeah. lost our company almost, right before winter, the worst time to go out and do events. Here we come, it's right up to March, whispers of COVID are going on. And then all of a sudden, just like that, the entire country gets shut down. The entire state gets shut down. And here we are sitting in a half renovated building. We can't do carry out because there's no kitchen. (laughs) Like there's nothing, right. (laughs) We can't be creative anyways. We can't go out into the community. It's just not a thing. And we're sitting in the middle of all that. It was really intense season for us. Yeah. So the story finally turns. I'm sure we can dig into that more, but, um, come one year after we'd shut down our other location almost lost everything we then relaunched our business at this brand new location the day of grand opening we get shut down for two weeks yeah (laughs) because we had a yeah. little, little I COVID that. challenge on our team so we're literally standing at Grand Opening cutting the room. we're like oh that's great and then we're like shut down for two weeks and then we get back and then like the governor had issued a new order because COVID had got really bad and then shut down again so anyway it's been it was a weird year Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a weird yeah. year and again I know we're going to talk about this if it was not for our city and community I don't yeah. know how we'd be here but that's like the dark real stuff that was behind yeah. and there's a lot of decisions we had to make a lot of conversations we had to have to get through that really intense season yeah.
1: Well, talk about that, Jared. The city and community is important. Yeah. What What did that mean for you in this particular small business situation where you are down, up, and then back down?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was just amazing. It just reinforced, like, we live in such an amazing community. Mm-hmm. Like, the situation with our grand opening. I mean, we had purchased thousands of dollars worth of merchandise and milk and products preparing for, like, the biggest weekend of ever and we were immediately shut down and so we were panicking because we were like we're gonna lose thousands of dollars and people in the community came together and just bought out everything Mm -hmm. just to show support so they were buying growlers and just cleaning out our inventory for those two weeks because they showed us so much support and love because they didn't let us be hurt by that, what that happened. And so to have that kind of sense of family and community here in a, before we even open, Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much one day to have that kind of support was Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing uh, to, to see that. Yeah. Awesome.
0: That's amazing. So you both have lived outside of Marion. You've both lived outside of small town, middle America. What made you want to open your business here versus let's say Kansas city, a perfect example. Cause everybody, you just mentioned that you lived in Kansas city, Missouri. It is a bustling, uh, you know, pretty good sized little city. And what made you come back to a small community in order to launch this business?
2: I think For most of my life, when I was growing up here, as a young person, I was like, there's not a lot, it doesn't seem like there's a lot for me as a young Mm -hmm. person here. And so when I was living in Kansas City, there was just stuff accessible everywhere, and I loved it. But I had this mentality change of like, just because something doesn't exist doesn't mean it's bad it's actually an opportunity to create that very thing so being in that city I was so inspired with everything that was happening I felt like I had all this stuff that I wanted to bring to this region because I felt like it was ready for it I Mm -hmm. felt like people were really wanting something like that and I think a lot of small towns they get looked over because they think because it's small there's there's a a huge risk involved but actually it was the complete opposite i saw that there was opportunity here even more than a super saturated city and um you know a lot of people were like you know. People in Southern Illinois, they're, it's very rural. They're not going to understand craft coffee. These are probably Folgers drinkers. You're not going to do very well as you would in a city. A lot of my friends really encouraged me you know, to do that in a, a bigger city than in a small rural town. And I was like, no, it's actually the opposite. I, I, I believe there is success. Someone once told me to a smart crow, a scarecrow is an advertisement. Yeah. A lot of times where there's that most fear and intimidation, where there's like a path that hasn't been created, there's a fear there. But I believe that there's a greater reward, a greater fruit underneath that. So I had to really push through that fear, even the yeah. the, the people yeah. being like trying to discourage me from doing that and really with my vision and believe that, you know, this region deserves something that would be accessible in a major city and, uh, and it's proved successful. There has been major fruit in, um, us, us doing this business. Oh, wow. That's that's so well
0: said. So back to the naysayers (laughs) points, what would you say is the biggest, concern that you know maybe and i'm sure that these were people that love you and that Mm -hmm. were just wanting to look after you what was that challenge that they perceived that you were going to have or what actual challenge did you see because you're in a small town versus a major metropolitan area and how did you overcome those
2: yeah i think people think because in rural that that it's just only tumbleweeds and as a business you want to be where there's thriving and traffic and people and walking and foot traffic all these kinds of things that you th- would associate with that and a lot of those businesses are successful because of those things, but it doesn't mean that people won't travel to your business. Mm -hmm. And so for us, you know, we've really become a destination spot wherever we're at. People will come to us. If you create something that's worthy for people to come, they'll, they'll travel, they'll drive, they'll, you know, whatever. And so, you know, that was one of the things is they thought that we wouldn't get the, you know, our, the traffic, the amount of people as you would in a major city. And that's actually a false. I mean, we barely can keep up, but we're like trying to, we're almost so short staffed, you know, it's, it's, it's been amazing the, the response of the community, when you create something, people will come yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that abundant mindset
1: in a small town is what I love about you guys. I, that, that is so true. You have to meet you guys one time and, and you, that comes across. That's not true for all small business owners. That's not true for all entrepreneurs. We've, we're have limited in that way. We, yeah. The mindset can be big walls for some of us. Talk a little bit more about where that comes from and also how how can you encourage us to have that mindset in order to develop a bigger business?
3: Yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Like that whole idea. But even like thinking about like why people choose where they're going to live, man, that's tied into all that. I think so many times people look at something after like the fruit has already come and they just want to go in and get a piece of it for themselves. Uh, And that works, right? People move to big cities. Nashville didn't used to be big. Right. I think Chicago's always been big, um, but like there's these places. But they that, borrowed money from Southern Illinois <laughs> <laughs> to, to be big. That's some history there. Like, you know, these places, like they didn't always have an art scene. Yeah. Now they have it. They didn't always have a coffee scene. Now they have it. I think there's just a special inheritance for people that are bold enough to go and pioneer and create something. Yeah. Um, if you really look at big cities and you you take off the like, whoa, it's so cool, lens. Look at Nashville, for example. Uh, I've heard a lot of business friends of mine say about. Eight or 10 businesses got something right and everyone else just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. There's something special about being like a founding father, founding mother or something to pioneer it. And so where that abundance mindset comes is, is you've got to value your intangibles way more than your tangibles. Um, I didn't want to live in Southern Illinois. I'm not from here. Circumstances and a lot of faith brought us here. Um, and, I, and I had family down here and I said, I would never want to live in somewhere like that. I was going to Nashville. I was going to Greenville. I was going to somewhere where it looked like people like me could succeed. People with my mindset, people the way my wife and I dressed, thought, acted, et cetera, et cetera. When I came down here, even my first three years, four years living here, I was one foot in and one foot out until I realized the intangible things were here. Everything in the invisible and unseen realm was everything that Sarah and I had been looking for our whole entire lives. Yeah. Were we really gonna let like the state take that away? Like a tangible thing. Were mm-hmm. we really gonna let something like, well, there's maybe not as much people or money here take that away? No, because when you find that feeling of belonging, that energy, that passion, that drive for success, you sell everything like for that. And so when we felt it, we're like, Everything about this is right in our minds, our human minds, except for the geography. We're like, wait, then couldn't this just be it? Yeah. Like, what if we have it here? Like, we have a mayor who's electric. He like, just everything about him, everything he touches radiates like passion. We're surrounded with people here who were not so busy competing with the other brands. We are the market share like for coffee in our city. Like there's not anyone doing that in our city. So we just get to be ourselves. So anyway, this all comes around this idea, this abundance mindset. Um, When we look at our tangible things, money, products, buildings, geography, and our eyes stay fixed on those things, let's be honest, those things come and go. They move. If COVID saw us anything, wealth, resources, stuff moves in and out with a day's like notice. Like there's no telling. The intangible things we can always have a wealth mindset with, and this is something that I always want to tell people: um, there is literally no limit to your creativity, um, to your ability to love the community. Those things are, re- are like renewable resources. Mm-hmm. The more a- a creativity you expand, uh, expend, the more it comes. It's really interesting, there's a perpetual machine here. When I spend money, sometimes my money comes back equal, sometimes it comes back less, sometimes it comes back more. That's the reality of like investing in business. But what I found is when I have an abundance mindset with my creativity, with my new product ideas, um, with how I'm gonna like love my community, with something interesting I'm gonna create, uh, the more I use it, the more it comes back. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to like draw a line between tangible physical resources and the intangible things that are infinitely renewable. Mm. Uh, and I promise you, like as you use your creativity, you only get more. And so this poverty mindset, it starts with the invisible and then it manifests into physical. Mm. And so then when I'm looking at the money I have, when we're looking at a time where we had nothing, right? We almost lost our entire business. Um, the, the hardest fight for us was not about how we were gonna pay our loans. Because like money just finds a way. It just always does. Right. Like if we're all sitting here today, like in this room, even at our hardest, lowest places, I know all of us have been, yeah. we always had food on the table. We always had our families. We somehow found a way to pay rent. Like none of us have have experienced like a worse life than that. The hardest fight for us was to keep our mental energy out of a poverty panic, Mm -hmm. out of a poverty mindset, and to stay creative, to stay edgy, to stay like, how do we bounce out of this? How do we come out of that? Mm -hmm. And so poverty mindset, wants to take the intangibles before the tangibles. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at people struggling with, I don't have enough, I'm going to blame my city. I'm going to blame my resources. I'm going to blame my circumstances. That's crazy. Like that's, that's a battle you've lost up here first. Mm -hmm. And so when we get the other way, we can be generous with our money. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous however we want, Mm -hmm. because we can always find a new way to create a new way to like bring things in. And so that's, I want to speak to like that lie and just say like, you, you have more creativity than you could realize. You have more love to give than you could realize. You have more passion than you could realize. Don't let the physical things determine the intangible things. Yeah. Uh, my wife's a counselor, and there's this thing that will mess up your entire freaking world when you get it in your head. It messes with her clients, but here's the truth. There's, there is a process in all of our lives. It goes thoughts, feelings, Actions Mm -hmm. your thoughts dictate your feelings your feelings then dictate your actions and so many times we let the circumstances come out And try to reverse it something happened now. I feel scared now my thoughts are collapsing But when you can get captivity of like your your brain space of the intangibles You control everything out there no matter how crazy things get.
1: I appreciate you sharing that Hey, this is Russ, Allison I just want to thank our sponsors for making small-town big business possible, thanks to Fowler Heating and Cooling, to the Watermark Auto Group Foundation, to Southern Trust Bank, and also Swinford Publications. And a big shout-out to a producer, Union Street Arts. You can catch new episodes of Small Town Big Business every two weeks on Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Podbean, or you can watch the full episodes on our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining us for Small Town, Big Business.
0: I want to circle back to what you said about your you and your wife and identifying the intangible things that were right here in front of you this whole time yeah. when you were going here. And what what are those intangible things for you for both of you about living in a small town that you couldn't find somewhere else if you were living in a great big city?
3: We we had a list. Like Wow, you
0: really made a list.
3: Like we like we like had a list. Uh it's probably on my phone somewhere. But we're like things that we wanted, a place we're gonna like start a family and settle down, right? And it was like it was everything from little things to big things. Um everything from like we're musicians, we're artists, right? So like we want a place where we can find other musicians and artists. Um as business owners, we want a place where people appreciate our business. Um we want a place where we can raise kids and it feels safe. Like those are like the, the, the goofy ones, right, that everyone has. But then even deeper than that, we're like we want a place where we feel like we have friendships and relationships mm-hmm. that we wouldn't want to move away from.
1: Yeah. yeah,
3: We want a place that believes in us more than we believe in it. So that we can believe in it more than it believes in us and it just creates a mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. Um, we want to matter to our community and we want our community to matter to us. Mm. And so for so much of us as we had friends that had struck early in some of these communities that had grown. And, and we were like looking at their fruit and we were saying, if we can just move in we can like siphon off what they're doing, what I realized in this community is like people here know who I am and I know who they are. Like I was literally shopping for, um, our cafe this morning at the mm-hmm. store and I bumped into three of our customers at the store and just got to like love them the same way, like in public, okay. but like I got to love them in the cafe. It's a small community, so it's almost easier to belong. It's easier to like feel like you matter. It's easier to feel the impact of other people. Um, and just in Marion, above all else, I feel like we've got city leadership that just wants to see us succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been in other communities that <clears throat> felt like they were doing everything to make sure that we couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like if you go to some big cities, it's like everyone who's already established is making sure they're doing everything they can to make sure you can't succeed yeah. to buy you out, to intimidate you, to bully you here. Other than the naysayers, which we talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. everyone else is like, when we got past the, you shouldn't do it. Everyone drinks Folgers. They don't even have a Starbucks mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. When we got past that, everything was thank you so much for doing this. You have no clue how much this means to our community. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for doing this think And you're like, Oh my gosh, thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's above all else. It's like, it's that belief in you and belief in each other and the intimacy that like we found it. And we looked at that when we're like going to lose everything. We're like, we could go somewhere easier yeah. and just get jobs. But we're like, we, we would trade anything and everything we had just to have like this community that we had that when we were at our worst, Instead of kicking us and saying "I told you so," they said, "Now you guys did it once; you can do it again. We're behind you to make sure that happens." Yeah. And I was never going to get that living in a big city.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. When 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 the rug falls gets pulled out from under you in some of these places, you're just another business that didn't make it. You're just another person. Mm-hmm. Um, in a town like this, in a city like this, you're a human being with a face, with a name, with a home, and people want to fight to keep you like afloat.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, part of that's also living here, too, and you both have found homes here. Yeah. 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 Tell us about that, because oh, others... I just...
0: I want... Oh, sorry. Okay. Can I get your answer first? Yeah. The intangibles, so I... and we'll go back oh, to Oh, the
2: intangibles. Yeah, I, I would agree with, with him. There, There's an atmosphere here, and it's hard to put words to yeah. it, but there is, like a community a um, a safe feeling here Mm. Um, you know the loneliest the loneliest I've ever been has been in a major city Mm. but here there's such like a grace to like meet people and build Mm -hmm. that rich community. There is a rich community here Mm -hmm. of amazing people with huge dreams and talent and um, just hearts. I mean, it's just incredible. There's such like a Mm -hmm. richness in the community here. And there's uh, so easy to meet people in that way. And so the community I've always have, have ever dreamed of is here. And a lot of people would just drive past this Mm -hmm. a small town and think there's no way that that can happen in such a rural community but that's false it is here and there's actually i think an easier way to to build the community of your dreams and there's a diversity in people here so whatever kind of community you're looking for you will find it here i really believe that wholeheartedly and so for us that's that's just so important to have that um sense of like family and belonging yeah that's
1: excellent But you've chosen to live here, too. I have chosen yeah. to live
2: here. And full transparency, I mean, it's a, even the cost of living here is incredible. I just bought a house for under $100,000 that would be $250,000 in a city like Nashville or St. Yeah. Louis or something like that. Yeah. I mean... Yeah dream, dream homes of a hundred and, uh, over a hundred years old, you know, with so much character in life. I I love it. I, I love the community. I love the neighborhoods here. Um, it's amazing. Even just the cost of living is, is so much better than some of these major cities. I mean, I have friends that are living in Nashville and stuff like that. And they're, they're buying these half million dollar homes that are two bedrooms, you know? Wow. Working multiple jobs. <laughs> yeah, working multiple jobs work. to pay yeah. for it, you know? Even just as a business, you know, accessing a really amazing building for a really great cost and uh, the resources and everything. It's yeah. just the, the cost of living here is is incredible, uh, especially when there is the rich community, the, the quality of life here, everything that we've, you know, looked for and dreamed of as a young person, as yeah. a young millennial, you know, We have that here, and it's amazing. It's like a no-brainer for us to even just want to plant our life and buy houses here in, in Marion. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I just bought a house downtown. So my wife and I, when we decided to go all in and we get through all this stuff, we're like, okay, we're going to go like all in, all in. Like we're going to live downtown, um, which in the housing market lately, it's impossible to find a place. Now we found a place that had been listed. It was listed on our wedding anniversary and just sat there untouched. And it's it incredible. So we've been renovating it. We're like, we're all in. I want to walk to my coffee shop. Uh, we bought another building for our company, two that's two buildings down from our cafe. And the cost of living, I'm pretty sure you could take my house I bought, which is huge, 130 years old. It's huge. Take Jared's house, take my house, take the warehouse we built and the renovation we did in our cafe. And then maybe all four of those properties downtown equal what one of these like Nashville bungalows would cost. Yeah. yeah. One of these in Atlanta. No I'm not, that's not much joking. That's amazing. Honestly, that's amazing. We've literally yeah. been able to plant our entire lives here. Our family Families here to be a part of this community for probably the cost it would be to start up like A cafe in Atlanta. (laughs) And and it's amazing. So, like, all like we went from like being really down and out to like business is so incredible. We're having some of the highest sales loops we've ever had, still in the middle of COVID because marion community is all over us. We have uh, this warehouse and event space that like we haven't talked about, and we should scrub that part because it's kind of a secret. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We we've just both bought houses here and are renovating like our houses. Like we are all in on this community because this community is like all in on us. Yeah, awesome.
0: So what would you guys say is the number one resource that you have found as part of being in this city? So in in this town, in Marion, and this could be something that when you were in the dire straits of the COVID era of trying to renovate and things like that, or now (laughs) when you are thriving and doing very well, is there, is there a specific resource that has been available to you that you feel like maybe is unique to either a small town or specific to Marion?
3: Can I tell you the most valuable thing? I know this sounds silly. Um, you guys, honestly, <laughs> exactly the mayor, um, Cody, you at, at City Hall Russell when you moved in downtown, um, <coughs> even Luke, who's off camera, like these people <laughs> that they came in at the same time, honestly, And like when we were in some of the worst places to know that we could, I could text our mayor. I don't think everyone gets that privilege and just be like, I don't know, Mike, this is like really tough. And he would just like come in and be like, you can do it. Yeah. Um, to where when it felt like we would get hung up with like the very few contractors we had to use, like it just it always felt like we we're so used to working on everything. So we'd get a contractor come in they're moving at contractor pace and we're like dying <laughs> on the vines so and we're out for three weeks and it feels like nothing's going anywhere to walk into city hall. Mm-hmm. to like see you, to see like Cody, to see someone who's just like, how's it going guys? We're so excited for you. We're so grateful that you moved here. I don't think you realize how much, those are the intangibles. Yeah. And in the times that we probably walked in looking like we're really excited to see you guys were probably actually really hard times Yeah. where we just needed to see somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, even when like Luke and them bought the building across from us, like Luke would just kind of wander over and just check in on us. Like mm-hmm. that feeling of people caring the slow drive-bys that we hated while we were working on our building <laughs> that we secretly loved, like as people kind of being nosy, yeah. that feeling that like people wanted you, they wanted to see you succeed. Um, it, I mean, it meant everything to us. Yeah. And I, I know it seems silly, but it's like it was so valuable and so rare we we'd been in other cities where like, I couldn't even see who the mayor was. Okay. And like, when we were there, they were just annoyed that we were here. Cause there used to people complaining here in Marion. It's like, let's celebrate first. Let's do solutions first. Like it's not complaining first.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would agree. Marion specifically, the amount of support
2: that we've had with the city leadership, has been amazing. And I think people don't realize, especially even as a business owner, how having that kind of support can really either just like discourage you or give you that push and encouragement that you need. And I feel like we've gotten that so abundantly here in Marion when we've been in like our lowest moment, it really gave us that motivation because we felt Really seen, and it yes. was like there wasn't like, eh, you know, whatever. It was like you got this, whatever yes. you need. Like when we had an idea, we'd text the mayor, or called the mayor, be like, whatever you need, like I'll make the phone, like will, yeah. and I'd get a phone call from you know somebody, all the connections. I mean, there there's the community. When we
3: were hot, Allison brought us an air conditioner. She
2: did. Ah. <laughs> she brought us an <laughs> air conditioner. That is true. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> probably that yeah. <laughs> <can. laughs> <laughs> but but to have that kind of support, knowing that as I build my company here, yeah. I not only have you know the, the, the community that I've created, I have the backing of the city. Yes. Yeah. I have that support. I mean, that's so important. You cannot get that in yeah. most other places. You can't buy it. it you can't find it. No, it's rare. not at all. Yeah. And I can tell you that that has so much value. Yes. Yeah. And I can't put a number to it, but the amount of value that... Just the backing of the city has is is so incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing.
1: Well, it works both ways, too. And uh, can I ask you a follow-up question yeah. on, on that? So location-wise, it's about location, 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 right? Yeah. You guys are exactly one block off the town square, Tower Square Plaza in Marion, Illinois. And you're... Very much part of the revitalization project mm-hmm. here in downtown Marion. The revitalization projects st- started during the COVID year. It started <laughs> 2020. I honestly think that you know 10, 20, 30 years from now, there'll be tours around downtown Marion, and <laughs> they'll go to the steps in front of Crown Brew, and they'll say, "This is where it started."
3: Oh. Uh, you guys are that <laughs> important
1: to the revitalization. Yeah, what agree. does that mean for you? What does that mean to be very much at the, at the very beginning of something big here in Marion, Illinois?
3: I think uh, when we looked at the city, and, and again, during the dark times, during the best times, we had just decided like it was more important to risk everything to try to do something of value that would impact other people's lives than to go hide in a big city. And I wanted to hide in a big city. I wanted to go work for one of my friends' successful companies. I wanted to like ride on their coattails, but we were like, if this works, if like this city grows the way that like we've said, it's like going to, that we've seen to be a part of that story and to watch other people's stories start to be like what you guys were to us, to be like that to other businesses and to celebrate them. Um, cool. Like let us be one stop on the tour right out of 20 out of 30 and we're just like this is so crazy it just might work and if it does how special to take a a community that even we with our own mounts of curse at a point in time and said well there's nothing good down there and to be like that was the start of something so amazing that created hope that created new businesses that created new families that people like flock to be a part of um it was just worth it yeah. And in worst case scenario, we missed, we moved to Nashville twenty years from now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and cool. Now we're living in it, but like who cares? Like to, to take that shot, to be a part of something special, to yeah. be a part of doing it together was just worth worth it all. Yeah.
0: There was one one other downtown building, old building, that had been revitalized prior to you guys starting yours. And since then We have, oh gosh, we can count how many dumpsters that are sitting out (laughs) on Tower Square (laughs) Plaza right
1: now. I need a construction hat every time I come (laughs) to work.
0: There is so much private investment going on Mm -hmm. in Tower Square. And so you mentioned to be a pioneer in your industry, but you are also a pioneer into something so much bigger, which was putting your own investment and your own dollars and your own blood, sweat, and tears into a revitalization plan and vision that it may be city-led, yeah. but it is adopted by the community. Yes. And you yeah. were a pioneer in that piece of it. And to see all of the other projects that are going around of other private businesses starting and revitalizing the the older Buildings that take a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to tell you guys that. <laughs> yeah. It is just—it's a really exciting, and I think we just—I just wanted to acknowledge that you're a pioneer in in the, both of those ways, uh, not just in the coffee industry and bringing us craft coffee and paving the way for that experience in Southern Illinois, but also in the revitalization vision yeah. that mm-hmm. we can put this forward and it does take pioneers to to, to do that yeah. so excellent <laughs> so i have one last question for you and this could be either talking to your 18 year old self or if you were talking to an entrepreneur that is thinking about coming to a small town to start their business what advice would you give
3: them it's a good one. I'm just gonna sit on this for a second. There's a lot. There is a lot.
2: And you can
0: play I, yeah. it either either yeah. way. Your
2: Do you want to go first? I've, your old I've self. Got like, I've got three <laughs> <And> someone else. <laughs> you start? I'll go first. Okay. So, for me, I'm a bit. I can be a bit of a perfectionist sometimes. You You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a business partner for you. But man. I think a lot of times, <laughs> people like good. like me, you want everything. You want to have it all, yeah, and it has right. to be perfect. And I think a lot of struggles that perfectionists have is that that fear of if it if I can't do that, then I'm just not I'm just not going to do it at all. Mm. So for me, that biggest risk was just taking that step not having... I was a broke millennial. How am I going to have the coffee shop of my dreams and the company of my dreams, you know, without... So it's just starting small, starting with the little. I mean, I didn't have a college degree, but yet I still, like, sought education. YouTube, Google, we traveled, we met with business owners, we found people that inspired us to learn from, to just be a sponge. So, you know, I I would encourage, you know, anybody that thinks, like, I don't... I can't because any kind of excuse that is, like you absolutely can. There is literally no excuse. If you don't have money, if you don't have the education, if you don't have... Start small. Learn. Like go to YouTube, Google. What Like find a business owner that inspires you. Get coffee with them. Like learn from them. Uh, Any little bit, it makes a huge difference. And so, you know, for me, and, and, and then eventually making excellence out of the small the more that you do that you can make more excellence out of the big now i have literally a coffee shop of of my dreams you know and and it was because of that it was because i saw the fruit underneath the scarecrow and i and i would encourage myself as a young 18 year old or any other young 18 year olds to a smart crow a scarecrow is an advertisement The, the the things the things that you may be experiencing that are intimidating you to pursue your dreams Go for it. (laughs) You know, figure out the, the roadblocks and figure out ways and solutions that will remove those roadblocks. Don't let the roadblocks keep you from going forward. There are always solutions to every problem. There's always a solution to every problem. I'm thankful for my friendship with Josh because whenever I come up and I'm discouraged and I'm like, man, I, we can't do this. This, is not, this isn't going to work. He's like, no, we're, we're going to figure out a solution. We're going to find a way, you know, and we always do. Mm. It's amazing. Cool.
3: <laughs> I've got three things. I do like pack it all down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got a time limit here, I guess. Um, number one, uh, just do something. I cannot tell you how many 18-year-olds I sit with, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, where they are got that crippling perfectionism or that it has to be so perfect that they just do nothing. Mm-hmm. And they have these big dreams, big vision, big idea. And I always ask them, it's the same question I asked Jared. He's not the first millennial I've asked this question to. So what are you doing to make that dream come true? So many of them are just like, I have this dream, I have that dream, but, 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 but. I don't want to hear like, I have this dream, but. I want to hear, I have this dream so, mm-hmm. so I'm doing this, so I'm doing that. And it's like, it, it all starts, what's interesting is I kind of knew I want to get into business before coffee. Coffee is how it manifested. But I look at people and um, there's one 18 year old I can think of right now. She's like, I don't think I'm gonna to go to college. I'm like, cool, why not? She's like, I think I want to learn some like skills that will actually help me and then make up like a, my mind of what I want to do. So then if college amplifies that, I'm like, Whoa, you've got it figured out. Like do something like I've done more construction in the last few <laughs> years than I ever thought possible. And I've saved hundreds of thousands of dollars because of it. I've done more accounting. I've done more marketing. I've done more like you just name it. All these things that like you don't realize when you just get out there and do everything that I'm doing for my company right now comes from some obscure job, comes from helping somebody else, comes from shadowing my father-in-law or like. Mm-hmm. Uncle so-and-so doing something. Everything we do can play into like who we want to be. Mm -hmm. And so just get out and do something. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready to start your business yet because you don't have the money yet, cool. Go be a second or third shooter at a wedding if you care about photography. If you want to be in carpentry, you don't know what that looks like, cool. Go volunteer to help Allison renovate one of her cabins. Like, (laughs) There's always something to do. And I don't think we realize the the least part of what I do in my business has to do with coffee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my baristas, I pay people to do the coffee. Everything else that makes it my business is the stuff, these lessons I've learned, these things I stepped out and, and did. So if you want to start a business, just do something. Sell lemonade first. Yeah. Get some experience. Let the world beat you down a little bit. Learn about like, yourself a little bit. Come against some adversity and let that turn you into the person you dream about being. Um, it, your dreams need to be less about what you're doing and they need to be more about who you want to be then the what falls in alignment with that. So just go do something, please.
1: Yeah.
3: Second Excellent. one, uh, and, and this, this is a tricky one. Be confident, but be humble. Mm. Confidence and arrogance are not the same thing. They walk a very yeah. thin line... They're cousins, but I've learned in business, there's times where you just have to be confident in yourself, you've gotta roll with something, even if you know it's not the best, you roll with it, and you bet on yourself. And you say, you know what? Confidence isn't, I'm the best in town. Confidence is, no matter what happens, we're gonna come up with like a solution for this. Um, I remember, you know, with the COVID, with that shutdown with our company, I remember being with the Eclipse, like we put a lot of money into making the, does everyone remember the Eclipse or has mm-hmm. COVID erased oh, that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There was an Eclipse a couple of years ago, we put a stupid amount of money and product into it because we were buying into the hype everyone was saying. We ended yeah. up losing an insane amount of money. So, but we had to be like, okay, how are we going to like roll out of this? Be confident, right? Be confident in yourself, be confident in your product. You don't have to be the best. You just have to do a great job. And you've got to be willing to make some mistakes and keep rolling. But be humble. When you're around people who are who are better than you, and I don't mean they have more money than you, I mean better at you and who you want to be in, in areas of business and accounting and just being a mom or dad. Listen, just shut your mouth and listen. Like that would actually be really helpful. I can I can confidently say I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's where confidence and arrogance aren't the same. Yes, I'm brave enough to go out and start a business. Yes, I'm gonna do this coffee thing. Guys, when we started our business, when we started our coffee shop, we got away with things, we wouldn't have gotten away with in big cities. Because we didn't know our industry well enough to know it. Like we were doing things that just weren't right. They just didn't make sense. <laughs> Scientifically, chemistry, all this, like it's it's a lot. But like if I would tell real coffee, like industry people about how we started we'd get laughed out of a room right <laughs> but like we were just so confident because our focus was like we're just going to keep going mm-hmm. we're going to make mistakes we're going to learn mm-hmm. but we are humble enough to keep learning keep listening and keep paying attention so look for those moms and dads look for those mentors be humble but realize you've got what it takes within you to be the person you want to be yeah. other awesome. people are going to help with that and then the third one and i think this is like really important so we're do something right? Be confident, but be humble. Um, don't do it alone. I was thinking about this this morning. Like if I could sum up one thing about business, Jared kind of hinted at it. Don't do it alone. I think sole proprietorship is really dangerous. (laughs) I know maybe for like, like coaching and stuff like that, like it works. But when I look at like any other business, it's like a product or anything else. I'm like, don't do it by yourself because I needed Jared at the times where I didn't have enough. He needed me at times where he didn't have enough. And when we both didn't have enough, we had a community that lifted us up. And I think there's this mindset. It's a poverty mindset, I think, a lot of times that we need to be like independent, 100% ownership, sole proprietorships. And really, we look at something and say, if we can be five times as successful with three partners than we could with one, don't we all have more? And so don't do it alone. Whether it's a mentor, whether it's a business partner, whether it's your spouse, bring someone else in on that because at the times where you will quit, they won't let you quit on you. Yeah. And at the times where your creativity is exhausted, like they'll come in. And I think for our relationship, what works the best is when you have someone else, you can actually divvy up the responsibility and carry a bigger load. Yeah. There's things that Jared does, that I haven't even looked at in months at our company, because he's just passionate about it and does it well. There's things that I think if I got a car accident tomorrow, Jared would be in trouble. With some things right because because that's how much like we trust each other yeah. and like if 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 he if he dies tomorrow our social media presence disappears yeah. and we're not going <laughs> to look cool anymore, right? yeah. and i'll wear a hat to things like, uh, <laughs> and, you know what i mean and so but there's something beautiful about like having that kind of trust and doing things together yeah. which really makes it the best and yeah. you're always going to get more out of more brains yeah so don't do it alone
1: can I ask you just a couple of quick questions um, and, and we'll wrap up? But uh, what's next for Crown Brew? Can you reveal something and just some type of. Same
3: thing r- we tried to do last night, Russell. Try to take over the world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're doing well. You're doing well.
3: No. What's next?
1: Yeah, yeah. business wise. Anything you can let us know? Or we can always invite you back.
3: Maybe I'll invite us back. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard. I think uh, I think there's a game sometimes you play as a business owner. Jared and I have a million conversations. We're all dreamers. Yeah. Okay. And so there's some days where we look and we're like, let's just start like a hundred cafes. Doesn't that sound great? We could do this everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so some weeks that sounds great. So we start looking at other places. Then there's other weeks where we're like, Forget coffee. Let's make the most like kick butt cafe and Marion ever. Let's give it as a gift to the city. If you want to come to Crown Brew, you got to drive here to get it. And let's go start something else exciting. Um, And so what's really crazy is like, again, the what's the tangibles change nonstop. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's next for us is we're in a season as business owners where this year we're trying to establish and dig roots in where we are in our community and in who we are as people. Um, Crown Brew is our baby. Right, yeah. it's gonna grow and do its own thing and at the right times we're gonna know where to take it. But anytime we start to try to like control the destiny of Crown Brew, um, it comes back to bite us. Yeah, When we step back and focus on ourselves, on our community, on our team, on who we wanna be, on those intangibles, the right doors come along. Mm-hmm. I think what's next for us as a company, um, which is like this defies everything where it's like go franchise, go sell this, go mass produce is we're actually taking a season just to dig deeper into who we are and what we do mm-hmm. and just see how far can we take it where we are right now mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. leaders, as partners, as a company, how, how far can we take this before something like that just feels right comes. That's
2: another word of advice for other business owners. Yeah. A lot of times people think when you're becoming successful that what's next or growth is what's more is going out. But it's really important to see more is also deeper and yes. where you're already planted. Oh, and so, so well said. for us, it was like that tendency yeah. of like, Oh, we, more 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 businesses more you know all that kind of stuff i mean that's always the first response you always see expanding out but we like had to realize that the next step which is just as important in that is more deeper It's going deeper in the company establishing those roots so strong that no matter what season is going on, I mean, it can't be shaken, you know, because yeah. eventually we probably will expand and maybe have more coffee shops sure. and more different types of businesses that we're not going to tell you about right now. But yeah. but uh, this next season, we don't know what's after that but in this next season it really is growing those roots deeper and we're really proud of that decision that was not it's not an easy thing to the, do it was
3: the most counter to our <laughs> but like we literally had to make a decision that said we think the best thing for our business this year i know this sounds stupid but just listen to me is that jared and i buy houses in Marion, and we renovate yeah. them and we have a home mm-hmm. because for so long Like many millennials, we're sojourners and wanderers trying to find our community. And we realized if we would just settle into where we are and invest in that, let this be our home cafe, like get this beautiful warehouse up, get our own homes to where like we felt settled, then we could like build the kingdom outward from there, like build those kingdoms outward. And I just was really thinking about it because entrepreneurs, we think conquer new, new, new. Let's go out and conquer and create new, new things. And I just felt like uh, one word of like wisdom was kings have castles. Like every conqueror, every conquistador, every emperor who went out and just took over the entire world, Mm -hmm. they had a place to lay their head. They had a family to come back to. They had a place to be. And we just hadn't even had that. Like even as a company, like had that feeling of home as humans. And we're like, we're going to take a year, year and a half. We're going to like build our home and build deep, so that when the growth comes, it doesn't destroy and erode what we have, it blesses it. Yeah,
1: excellent. One last question, I, pr- <laughs> I promise, I promise. We're in your time, <laughs> Hey, I want to get your take on Ethos. So Ethos is the project here at the Citadel building and entrepreneurial and technical opportunities. It's an emerging project, but you guys have been key because you've been part of our steering committee to put this idea together into action. Just give me some feedback. Give me some, what does Ethos mean to you and what we're going to be doing here?
2: Yeah. I mean, I personally see Ethos becoming a hub Mm -hmm. specifically for, you know, young business owners needing that, like, you know, that community, the, they need the connections, they need the training, they need the resources and the networking and all those kinds of things. I really see people coming from all over the United States, even coming to get, really accessing the resources that is going to be produced out of ethos i think it's going to be absolutely incredible and it's necessary and a lot of times there's not things like that for young business owners we wished we had something like ethos to be a part of or access and just to have this i think it's not only just going to be a hub where it's going to draw people in but i think it's going to be a standard of of excellence for the neighboring communities to see, um, I just believe it's going to be so successful. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Yeah.
3: yeah. It's, it's an absolute gift because everything I think it's going to do is everything we would have like killed for. And mm-hmm. I think what it's going to do is it's going to get really great people and businesses, like to their like destinies faster, better, and yeah. stronger than when you just have to figure it out. Like the old fashioned way, just like yeah. by your own strength. And what you guys are creating here, it's gonna like it's gonna like accelerate growth. It's gonna accelerate community. Everything that's taken us five years to build, like, will happen so much faster. I think it's just such a gift.
1: Yeah, excellent. Well we want to thank you. Yeah. Alice and I want to thank you for being part of our podcast, but also just your partnership and what we're building here in this city. So Josh Benatone, Gavotte, It's Crown Brew Coffee here in Marion, Illinois. Uh, How do we connect with Crown Brew?
2: You can connect with us on our website, uh, crownbrewcoffee.com. Um, you can see us at our shop if you want. But
3: yeah. Social media. We're social everywhere media. on social media. Thanks to Jared. Uh, if you just yeah. want to go like enjoy Choose the message. cafe, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, yeah. go to TikTok. I think that's a thing now that young people are doing, <laughs> right? So no, just jump on social media, look, Crown Brew Coffee that's Company so and see what we're about. Yeah. Thank awesome. you so much.
1: Well, Alice and I want to thank everyone for listening and maybe for watching. And if you want to connect with us, you can connect through Russell at Watermark. Ethos.org. ask more questions about downtown marion and the ethos project here at the citadel building on tower square plaza and then i also want to thank our sponsors for making this possible um, southern trust bank thank you uh, fowler heating and cooling and least but not last but not least uh, watermark auto group foundation thank you for tuning in and listening to us on small town big business and you guys have a great day thank you